This is Cashflow Ninja, episode 182, with Chris Voss. Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast empowering and inspiring people to discover how to generate their own income and manage, grow, and protect their own wealth in the new economy. Now, here is your host, MC Laubscher. Hi there, Cashflow Ninjas. MC Lobster here, and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. I have a great show for you today, and in today's show, we're going to learn how to negotiate like an FBI agent and never split the difference. My guest today is Chris Voss. Chris Voss is the founder and CEO of the Black Swan Group and author of Never Split the Difference, Negotiating as if Your Life Depended on It. He has used his many years of experience in international crisis and high-stakes negotiations to develop a unique program and team that applies these globally proven techniques to the business world. Prior to 2008, Chris was the lead international kidnapping negotiator for the FBI as well as the FBI's hostage negotiation representative for the National Security Council's hostage working group. During his government career, he has represented the United States government at two international conferences sponsored by the G8 as an expert in kidnapping. Prior to becoming the FBI lead international kidnapping negotiator, Chris served as the lead crisis negotiator for the New York City division of the FBI. Chris was a member of the New York City Joint Terrorist Task Force for 14 years. He was the case agent on such cases as Terror Stop, the Blind Sheik case uh, that involved Sheik Omar Abdel Rahman, the TWA Flight 800 catastrophe, and negotiated the surrender of the first hostage taker to give up in the Chase Manhattan bank robbery hostage taking. During Chris's 24-year tenure in the Bureau, he was trained in the art of negotiating by not only the FBI, but Scotland Yard and Harvard Law School. He is also a recipient of the Attorney General's Award for Excellence in Law Enforcement and the FBI Agents Association Award for Distinguished and Exemplary Service. Chris currently teaches business negotiation in the MBA program as an adjunct professor at University of Southern California's Marshall School of Business and at Georgetown University's McDonough School of Business. He has taught business negotiation at Harvard University, guest lectured at the Kellogg School of Management at Northwestern University, the IMD Business School in Lausanne, Switzerland, and the Goethe School of Business in Frankfurt, Germany. Since 2009, Chris has also worked with Insight Security as their managing director of the kidnapping resolution practice. Please share your feedback and thoughts on today's interview. You can let me know your thoughts on Twitter by tweeting me at MCLobster or by email at info at CashflowNinja.com. And please remember to join our mailing list by signing up at CashflowNinja.com or texting CashflowNinja to 442. 
To ensure that you never miss one of our episodes, you can download our free interactive smartphone apps on the Apple and Google Play app stores. You can support the show by becoming a patron on Patreon for $10 a month. And when you do become a patron, you get access to our private Facebook page where previous guests connect with listeners and you get to access a community of people that are on the same journey as you are, where you can network, share information and ideas, and possibly find a partner for your next business and deal. When you do become a patron, I will also send you a Cashflow Ninja t-shirt. You can become a patron at Cashflow ninja.com forward slash support my friend dave zook says you can be conventional or you can be wealthy but you need to pick one at the real asset investor dave and his company create value for investors looking for higher yield returns from real estate ventures domestically and internationally to learn more about the exciting investment opportunities the real asset investor offers such as the syndication opportunity at mahogany bay village in belize or investment opportunities in the multifamily space in the U.S., visit CashflowNinja.com forward slash Real Asset Investor. Gelt Inc. is a multifamily syndicator which has acquired over 6,700 apartment units valued at over $1 billion through a private equity syndication model. Gelt provides its investors with significant cash-on-cash returns while maintaining and enhancing equity invested for the long term. You can reach out to Joss Satin at joss at geltinc.com to learn more. Have you read Rich Dad, Poor Dad? Are you interested in real estate investing and don't know where to start and how to get the results you want? For valuable information to get you started, visit JoinOps Properties at joinopsproperties.com. If you want to create an income stream of 8% on your cash or money in your self-directed IRAs within 90 days in real estate without finding the property, fixing it up, finding a tenant, and all the other management headaches, you have to watch the private lending presentation at CashflowNinja.com forward slash private lending. The wealthiest investors on the planet know how to capture their wealth and leverage it to perpetually grow it. If you're interested in learning the premier strategies of the wealthiest individuals and families on the planet, you can access your free webinar at cashflowninja.com forward slash be the bank. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. My pleasure to be here. Happy to be on with you today. Can you please share a little bit about your background and your journey with my listeners? Well, uh, my last job, I was the FBI's lead international kidnapping negotiator. And before I started my law enforcement career, I, you know, I grew up in Iowa, small town Iowa boy, son of Richard and Joyce Voss from Mount Pleasant, Iowa, and I became a police officer in Kansas City, Missouri after I graduated from college at Iowa State University. Uh, three years later, I joined the FBI, ended up in New York City on the Joint Terrorist Task Force, working terrorism and then hostage taking. Became a hostage negotiator with the FBI. A couple of years after that, I ended up in charge of uh, all the kidnapping response and the negotiation strategy for any American kidnapped overseas. Started to get better, try to get better at negotiations with Harvard Law School and Next thing you know, I'm out of the bureau teaching business negotiation and how to use hostage negotiation for business in, in, at Georgetown University. Fascinating. Now, what were some of the biggest lessons that you've learned from uh, being the lead uh, hostage negotiator at the FBI? And what were some of the biggest challenges that you faced? 
You know, I this this soft skill of empathy, which in my book uh, we we call tactical empathy, is just ridiculously effective at getting your way. I mean, it's it's a great setup skill. It does two things. Uh, even with the baddest of people, the most determined, the most the craziest, if you will, you know, terrorists, kidnappers, murderers. You know, you can get them to, they're emotionally vulnerable, just like all the rest of us. And it's, uh, it's an insanely effective way to uh, influence people. Can you give an example of that for my listeners of how to use that in a situation? Well, you know, the, the, yeah, the, uh, with the terrorist, I mean, with a bad guy who was uh, straight out of the movies, murdered and raped and sociopathic terrorist, uh, loved attention. Love to get photographed by the media whenever, you know, they would invite a media out into the jungle in the Philippines to visit them when they were holding hostages and he'd always have sunglasses on. And we were trying to find um, a breakthrough in the negotiations. There was a $10 million ransom demand for, for an American. And they had all this nonsense they were talking about, you know, it had nothing to do with the American. They, 500 years of oppression in the Philippines from the Spanish to the Japanese to the Americans. And we finally decided, you know, the, the essence of uh, the empathy moment, if you will, for breakthroughs, when you get the other side to say, that's right. Uh, not your right, but that's right. Um, subtle difference. It makes all, all, uh, all the difference in the world between those, those words. So you acknowledge what they're, what they're, what they're saying by saying, no, that th that's right. Well, no, you get them to say it. Uh, you don't say that's right. You have to trigger it from them. You have to pro provoke that response from them. And, and effectively what it is is you summarize. Uh, you don't acknowledge. You summarize. You, uh, which, uh, uh, and it's almost, I don't know that it's exactly validation. It's not, it, it, it's, it's just showing that you completely understand. It's a complete, full, in-depth summary of what they're saying. It doesn't take that long to do that. I don't know why people hate it so much. But when you get them to say, that's right, when the other person says, that's right, uh, which we got this terrorist to say, and we went in a, in, a, in a ransom negotiations, we went from $10 million to zero in five minutes in, in a single conversation. And that was one of the questions that I had for you is how to, you know, when you're in a, in a negotiation and the momentum is completely against you and you feel you've lost control of it, how to kind of, kind of uh, stop it, change the momentum and take back control. Is there, uh, besides the uh, tactical empathy, are there other strategies that you guys utilize in achieving that objective? Yeah, you could you you can have the complete momentum changers, uh, game changers in in a, in an instant with kind of three strategies, and which correspond very nicely to you know you're going to come across one of three types of negotiators anyway. You know, one of them is triggering a that's right from the other side. Another one is, you know, the well timed opening in question. Uh, we refer to them as calibrated questions because you can calibrate them to have an impact. And it can be asking the perfect question at the perfect moment. It's usually a what or how question. And in a kidnapping negotiation, it would be, you know, how are we supposed to pay you 
if we don't know the hostage is okay. It stops them dead in their tracks if they're refusing to prove to you that a hostage is is okay. And there's a special sequencing there. You, You put what you want as the means of them getting what they want. They want to get paid. You say, well, how do we pay if we don't know the hostage is alive? You can take that idea into a business negotiation and anything that they want and you want sequence what you want first. You know, how am I supposed to do this if you won't do that? Right. That stops people dead in their tracks and in a way that they don't realize that you've stopped them um, because the secret to gaining the upper hand in a negotiation is giving the other side the illusion of control. It gives them the illusion of control. So that's kind of the second way. And then the third way is instead of a well-timed question is a well-timed observation might be in, uh, in any business negotiation. It, you know, it seems like you really don't care what happens after I say yes. And that's starts. It all it sounds like a question, but it's an observation and it can be designed to make someone think about something and they don't know that you've set up that statement because to say it seems like is asking them to sort of run it through their own mental computer banks and they will. Nobody will ever not contemplate that when you put it to them like that. And I actually, sometimes I even use that (laughs) with my girlfriend when I'm trying to get her to think about stuff. Does future pacing kind of play a role too in painting a vision for them of, of the future of where this is going to go? And, you know, this is, this is our goal. This is what we're trying to do. Right. Well, um, that can be done. That's, that can be a strategy. It depends upon how you want to execute execute the strategy. And we'll do that with something that we'll double up, um, questions and we'll say, well, when this happens, when you said this, what did you have in mind? Or, you know, when, when we finish this deal, what's going to happen next? The win-what combination is a, what we refer to as a time travel combination. We can project someone into either the future or the past to get them to contemplate that specific moment. But they also, they don't, they don't realize that you put them there. It, you've done it in a very deferential way by asking a question innocently, if you will, which um, means that they, their guard stays down and they, they don't feel out of control. And that ties into emotional IQ too, because I can only imagine uh, uh, under DRS, there's a lot of stress going on with these hostage negotiations. Um, so there's emotions obviously from there and on it um, and emotional IQ plays into that. Can you talk about that role? And from a negotiating standpoint, how do we in- increase our own emotional IQ to kind of uh, take away the emotions from our negotiating standpoint. Yeah. Our, our, our emotional intelligence is absolutely about emotional intelligence and that's where the real power lies. And that's why this stuff, you know, is it's, it's really an advanced skill and everybody can wrap their mind around it. I mean, some people are horrified by it, which is interesting confirmation of the power of the skill. Uh, and the power and the effect of emotional intelligence, but it is, yeah, it's about, you know, it's an intentional application of emotional intelligence. We know too much about how the brain works. Anecdotally, hostage negotiators learned the hard way a long time ago how each one of these skills work. And if they work under duress, they work under normal life as well. It's silly to think that something that works under extreme emotional pressure 
would be ineffective under less pressure. Um, the, the emotional pressure dynamics just don't, don't change depending upon how much pressure is put on. It's like saying, you know, water, warm water is different from hot water or room temperature water. It's, emotions are like water. They, you know, they boil over or they cool off, uh, but they um, uh, react with the same properties the entire time. It becomes very predictable. So, yeah, it, it is an intentional application of emotional intelligence. And that kind of uh, uh, one of the, you know, the ways too is to pre-plan exactly what you want out of this negotiation and kind of the deal so that you have that in place um, because then you're focused just on the objective to get kind of where, where you want this to go rather than all the emotions that come into this, right? Well, let's, talk, let's, let's break that into two pieces um, because I'm glad you put it like that uh, because you have to be careful. Uh, if you're focused on your objective, you get tunnel vision. And so what we, another phrase we live by is never be so sure of what you want that you wouldn't take something better. There's always a better deal on the table, always, because the other side always has something to contribute that they're hiding and holding back that you don't know about, no matter how smart you are. So that means there's always a better deal if you let it happen. And, and pre-planning is a good start but it has to be the beginning of your mental preparation and not the end of it. Having a, a lofty goal is a good start, but it has to be the beginning of your, of your goal setting, not the end of it. Because if you, there's a certain few intellectual things about life. You know, there's such a thing as asymmetrical information. We live in an asymmetrical world. You can't know everything, no matter how smart you are. You're Albert Einstein. You still don't know everything. So, you take your goal and you say, my, my goal is to do better than what I have in mind. My goal is to discover a black swan. Black swan is a piece of information you didn't have, game-changing information you didn't have before you walked in. Discover a black swan. You, your real goal in a, in a negotiation is to figure out what you don't know. If, you have, if after a negotiation, if you can't write down th three things that you didn't know going in, you failed because you weren't listening. You weren't paying attention to what was going on. So then, then, then the flip side of that is, you know, the goal is not to remove emotions. The goal is to understand what emotional state our brain works the best in. And it's actually uh, bad emotions are so detrimental. It's how we've gotten this theory that we should remove emotions. And the best analogy I have for that these days is, if you think emotions are bad for negotiations, then you think that water is bad for frogs because boiling water killed the frog. Well, water actually makes a sw frog swim faster and move faster. You just got to have it at the right temperature. What are some of the other great characteristics uh, of uh, great negotiators that, that you've seen out there um, and how do we relate this and what value would this provide for them to have these characteristics when we go into business negotiations? Well, great negotiators kind of have two characteristics. Um, they, uh, they crave information from the other side and they're not in a hurry. So, they want to get into a com conversation really early with the other side 
because they know the other side's holding stuff back for them. And they know that what the other side's holding back is what is the big, is going to have the biggest impact. Otherwise the other side wouldn't be holding it back. So great negotiator will get into a conversation looking to fit the new pieces of information into what they already know to come up with something better. You know, they're, 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 they're relatively patient because they know patience is a weapon. They, you know, they're calm outwardly, but, you know, mentally the, the, their brain is just firing and absorbing all the information that they can get from the other side. And then they know that emotional intelligence is a key to all of it. And that they can they can craft great deals if they can just get into the conversation and get things started. Now, Chris, on the flip side of that, uh, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you've seen people make uh, negotiating, and also some of the uh, the business uh, mistakes that they make in negotiating deals? Well, um, being determined that they have to get their point across. A friend of mine once said, "You know, I took negotiation training, and they said." make sure that the other side knows where you're coming from. And I thought, well, in reality, what that means is you got two people who are talking who are only trying to make their points. That means nobody is getting the, getting the point across because the other person's talking. The only time the other person shuts up is when they're waiting for their, their, uh, their turn to speak. And that's why, you know, so many bad deals are made and so many misunderstandings are, are had because, Nobody's paying attention to what's actually being said and factoring and factoring that in. So they're they're so afraid of not getting what they want that the only thing that they ever do is focus their brain power on getting their, their point across. And that's why so many bad deals are made, and that's why people say, Yeah, I know it was a good deal because both sides were unhappy. Well that, that that's when you got into this concession game, which only makes people really upset. And that's that's why it's you know, compromise is a bad idea. Splitting the difference is a bad idea. This whole this whole concession nonsense is just is just a way to forge bad deals. And I, I think that's what people do more than anything else is not pay attention to what's actually being said. You're listening to Chris Voss on the Cashflow Ninja podcast. We will be right back after a word from our sponsor. Are you having a hard time finding great investment properties? Unfortunately, the best deals are rarely found locally. Successful investing begins with the right properties in the right markets. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the United States. Our simple proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Learn how to find the best deals by downloading your free copy of The Ultimate Guide to Passive Real Estate Investing at noradarealestate.com. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com. You're listening to Chris Voss on the Cashflow Ninja podcast and now back to our interview. One of the things that I've learned from your book is how to master the no and just, you know, because a lot of people think that that's going to, that's going to uh, quote unquote break the deal or have the deal fall apart, but it really will come back uh, to bite you in the end if you're not upfront and honest and share what you're willing to do and not willing to do. Yeah, you know, that's crazy. And I I remember I was there at one point in time also. I thought I thought yes was the goal and therefore no was a bad thing. No was by definition a horrible thing. And then when I understood all the emotional dynamics, you know, yes actually creates anxiety. People if I, if you're trying to get me to say yes, I get really worried about what are the hidden traps that I haven't seen. You know, wh- wh- where's the hook? Where where's the catch? What's the fine print going to do to me? 
and because of that, I'm so comfortable when I say no. So it's, it's insanely stupid that we just flipped it to instead of saying, you know, do you want X or would this work for you? Then we'll say, is this a ridiculous idea? Is this a bad idea? And going from getting to some, saying someone to say yes to something to getting them to say no to it. No, it's not a bad idea. And they jump right in. I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's ridiculous what people will comfortably say no to, which effectively gives you permission to do things. It's, it's insane. How do you determine to the sincerity and the honesty of the other person and if they're lying or not when you are negotiating? Are there certain warning signals that, that uh, we can look out for? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's a great question. It's actually kind of the way that, that a polygraph works. Somebody puts you on a polygraph. What a polygrapher does is ask you control questions to see what you look like when you're telling the truth. That's why they say, what did you have for breakfast today? You know, how was your drive in? Um, what, what's your father's middle name? You know, what's your date of birth? All those control questions a polygrapher asks you is to get a clear look at what you look like when you're telling the truth. And then anytime you vary away from that, and everybody lies anywhere from three to 15 different ways. I don't have to know all your 15 ways of lying. I just need to know what you look like when you're telling the truth. So that anything that you do except away from that, whether you look down, whether you look to the side, whether you hesitate, whether your tone of voice changes, you could do all your seven different ways of lying. All I know is that it's different from telling the truth. And that's how I know lies from the truth. It's more that I know uh, a lie is not the truth. And that's why I want to know what you look like when you're telling the truth. It's a, it's, it's the opposite of what most people think. And it's far simpler. Very, very interesting. And now the, one of the, the biggest part, obviously, of a negotiation, whether it's with hostages or even in business, is, is the price. And you've shared some strategies to kind of, uh, may, you know, not necessarily take the price completely out of the equation, but there are other ways to make up for what the other person will not be getting in the price to still get your price. Yeah, you know, if we get focused on price, we got a, a bargaining system it's called the Ackerman system, named after this really ingenious guy, Mike Ackerman. He t he taught it to us that when we focus on price, I can get my price. And but I don't even need to use the Ackerman system most of the time because I I, I fix my price, and then I know the other terms either going to make that price a good deal or a bad deal. You know, if I if I want to sell you a car for ten thousand dollars. Or you want $10,000 for the car. I can say, fine. Um, I'll give you a dollar a year. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's yeah. the terms. It's, uh, and when we were doing kidnap negotiation with, with, with kidnappers over a ransom, I knew that I could agree to any amount of money. I mean, I engaged in, in, a, in a bargaining negotiation over the money to wear them down and to tire them out, make them feel like they worked you know, make them feel like they put enough effort in so that they would want to do the deal. Because I know, I used to say to myself, just try and get the money out of me. Just try. I'm going to kill you with the details. The devil's in the details. And I'm going to absolutely wipe you out with, you know, whatever all the details are in getting the money. So in any given business deal, I can agree to any price 
and make that the worst price you ever agreed to or the best price you ever agreed to, depending upon what the terms are. And the terms are what make deals great deals. It's never the price. The price a, a price uh, is the entry point for a deal because you need some money to pay your bills. Your mortgage is not going to go away. Your car payment's not going to go away. But it's the terms that surround that price that either make it an exceptional deal where great things happen or makes it a lousy deal where nothing happens and you were lucky to ever get any of your money in after it's all said and done anyway. Now, you talk about the black swan, uh, as you've mentioned and touched on earlier, earlier on as well to create that breakthrough. And that's the, that's the unknown. And, you know, in negotiations and in sales, sometimes the, the biggest objections are the unknown and unspoken one. What are some ways to, to lure that out? Um, you've mentioned listening to them and listening to what they say and how they say to trying to figure that out. What are some other strategies that uh, we can utilize? Well, you know, one strategy that's really um, overlooked, and this gets us back to frame of mind, because we're up to 31% smarter in a positive frame of mind, which means if, if you don't care about whether or not the negotiation is consummated, and there, there's an old saying, he or she who cares least wins, and the, the design is to keep you out of a negative mindset there, but you're not as smart as you could be. You're smartest when you're in a good mood, when you're happy. And it's also when what they refer to as lateral thinking comes in, where you think of an idea in the middle of a negotiation or um, your, your, your positive frame of mind triggers the other person's positive frame of mind and you actually get good brainstorming going. That's one of the smartest things because I'm going to say no to you in a really positive, upbeat way so that instead of feeling you defeated, what you're going to do is like, all right, so if that won't work, what about this? How about this idea? Or you might even say, well, I can't do that because I've got obligations over here where this is going to interfere with another part of our company. And you might use that as a reason for not doing something, but I might say, oh, wait a minute, what did you just say? Uh, we were in a conversation recently with Jet Blue to do some negotiation training with them. JetBlue's got this wonderful training component to their corporation called JetBlue University. I didn't even know they had it. And we were trying, we're talking about training a small section of their company. And they said, well, you know, that's a problem because JetBlue University handles that for the company. And I said, JetBlue University, wait a minute. Let's talk about JetBlue University. And that, that was a game changer. That was the black swan. I didn't know they had that in their company. They were using it as a reason for not making the deal. Now, all of a sudden, we're in a completely new conversation because I've triggered this black swan. So I got to get you in a good mood. I got to say no. I got to tell you why things don't work. And then we trigger a brainstorming session that good ideas come out of. And we both say, hey, wait a minute. I never even knew that was on the table. Let's make it work with a completely different set of terms. Very interesting. Now, Chris, one habit I've observed from very wealthy and successful people is that they're always studying new subjects and learning new skill sets. What are you currently studying? What skill sets are you currently learning? I had uh, one of the books I'm reading now is called The Rise of Superman, which is all about flow, the mental state of flow, and how the X Games athletes trigger it to do these ridiculous feats. And they're, they are accomplishing these ridiculous feats, not because they're better athletes, 
but because their mental ability to process information and make decisions in the midst of a, of a human performance event is increasing and they're more capable because their brains are sharper. And this can be applied to our day-to-day lives where we can increase our focus, we can make decisions faster, and we can drop fear out of the equation, which holds us back. So it's a fascinating book. And that, and that's what I'm looking for reading about, a lot more about now because I want to make better and faster decisions in my negotiations. So I, I like the book, The Rise of Superman and the study of this concept of flow, which is really just mindset. Amazing. I will definitely check it out. Now, Chris, a core message in our show is to leave our families, communities, and the world better than we found it by passing down a mindset, values, and principles to future generations, not just money. So if you cannot pass on any money to future generations and we're only allowed to pass on three principles to them to build wealth and achieve happiness and success, what would they be? Well, um, you know, listen to the other side. Never be so sure of what you want that you wouldn't take something better. A better life, more happiness, a richer life, and the definition of richer beyond just dollars comes through great collaborations. So, you know, we have to listen. Number one, we got to listen to people to hear how to collaborate. Number two, we need to be in a positive frame of mind because it makes us smarter and the other side is more likely to agree with us. And number three, we, you know, we, it's gotta, it's gotta be successful over the long term. There's, there's an old Goldman Sachs phrase that says greedy, yes, but long term greedy. You know, your short term victories at the expense of long term gains is a really bad strategy. You don't, you don't, you don't succeed in life by beating people or killing, uh, financially your competitors because pretty soon then everybody that deals with you is beaten and they don't want to deal with you anymore. So long-term success is really about great collaboration. Never split the difference. Negotiating as your life dependent by Chris Voss is available on Amazon. Chris, how can my listeners learn more about you and your company and stay informed of all of the projects that you're involved with? Well, a great question. The website is, uh, blackswanltd.com, B-L-A-C-K-S-W-A-N-L-T-D.com. Now, we put out a weekly negotiation newsletter called The Edge. And if you go to the website, you can sign up for it. And what that does for you is that gives you a short, quick five, you know, no more than a five-minute read, really a three-minute read on a negotiation principle to apply that day simple to digest, easy to apply to make your life better today. It also tells you about other ways that we can help you get better at negotiation. Now, you can use negotiation to take your family's life, to take your life into a better place. And we've got a lot of different training products, a lot of stuff that we do for free, a lot of material. You know, I had a friend that used to say, if it's free, I'll take three. The newsletter's free. (laughs) And, uh, you know, we'll help you. We'll help you get it. Build a better life to succeed because of your negotiation, not in spite of your negotiation. Fantastic. Well, Chris, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your journey and your knowledge, and providing so much value for my listeners. This has been extremely interesting, and uh, I had a blast having you on. Uh, my pleasure. The conversation just flew by. Thanks a lot. 
This is MC Laubscher, the host of the Cashflow Ninja podcast. As you may know, I'm also the president and chief wealth strategist of Valhalla Wealth Financial. We help individuals, families, small businesses, entrepreneurs, and professionals build their wealth outside of Wall Street and help investors maximize the use of every dollar in their personal economy and boost their investment gains. We do this by combining the capital and investments with the financial vehicle of the wealthy according to the infinite banking concept. If you're interested to learn more about privatized banking and the infinite banking concept, you can access an exclusive webinar at cashflowninja.com forward slash be the bank. Thank you for joining my guest, Chris Voss, and myself on the Cashflow Ninja today. If you like what you hear and appreciate what we're trying to build here at the Cashflow Ninja, please subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes and share our show with family, friends, and your network. I'm always trying to learn and improve in every area of my life, so if there's any way that I can provide more value for you and serve you better, please reach out to me at info at cashflowninja.com. If you're not a subscriber to the Cashflow Ninja Gashku newsletter, you can sign up for our newsletter at cashflowninja.com or text Cashflow Ninja to 44222. You can also support the show by becoming a patron on Patreon for $10 a month. And when you do become a patron, you get access to our private Facebook page and that awesome Cashflow Ninja t-shirt. You can become a patron at cashflowninja.com forward slash support. Geld Inc. is a multifamily owner which has acquired over 6,700 apartment units valued at over $1 billion through a private equity syndication model. Banking on the renter revolution amongst millennials and baby boomers, all-time low home ownership rates, and a major shortage of well-located apartments at affordable price points, Gelt has provided its investors with consistent cash-on-cash returns while maintaining and enhancing equity invested for the long term. For more information on how to achieve sustainable yield for the long term, you can email Josh Satin at josh at geltinc.com. Smart investors know that the banks actually don't own most automatic teller machines. In fact, the opportunity for private investment provides stellar passive returns, figures in the double digits, with the added bonus that most of the income is tax-free. Who wants to walk blindly past an ATM and not cash in on that opportunity? ATM machine ownership brings you a steady stream of hands-off passive income. Dave Zook and the Real Asset Investor team have been providing opportunities for investors in this uptrending activity of ATM use. If you're an accredited investor and would like more information on how you can invest in this exclusive asset class that very few investors will ever have access to, sign up for your free webinar on how to create income streams from ATMs at cashflowninja.com forward slash real asset investor. Jimmy Freeland and Bob Scott have been in your shoes and have used real estate investing to become financially free. They have designed a system to take any beginner to an experienced deal-making investor in the least amount of time. They offer opportunities from basic education, coaching, bridge loan investing to turnkey investments in the cash-flowing market of St. Louis, Missouri. For more information, please visit joinopsproperties.com or call Jimmy and Bob at 314 799 
if you want to create an income stream of 8% on your cash or money in your self-directed IRA within 90 days in real estate without finding the property, fixing it up, finding a tenant, and all the other management headaches that comes along with it, you have to watch the private lending presentation at cashflowninja.com forward slash private lending. The wealthiest investors on the planet know how to capture their wealth and leverage it to perpetually grow it. If you're interested in learning in the premier strategies of the wealthiest individuals and families on the planet, you can access your free webinar at cashflowninja.com forward slash be the bank. That's our show for today, everyone. Until next time, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms. You have been listening to the Cashflow Ninja with your host, MC Laubscher, the podcast empowering and inspiring people to discover how to generate their own income and manage, grow, and protect their own wealth in the new economy. Today's show notes and resources are available on our website, CashflowNinja.com. This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objective, situation, and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness. 